Hello, Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cavert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hello, Michelle. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Oh, it's fun to be face-to-face. I know, we are. We're at Training Wheels headquarters today. And maskless. We are. Maskless. Yeah, that's, it's fun. We're, we're seeing a little bit of more openness lately. You, and you're doing some face-to-face stuff? Yes, I am. I have uh, several. Like The world is starting to open up, and so yeah. therefore people are ready to get back in person doing trainings in person again. So Excellent. my calendar is starting to fill again for the third and fourth quarter and even into the summer doing some summer camp staff training as well as training of just basic facilitation skills training and then more client programs and even a conference at the end of the year as perfect. well. Perfect, perfect, excellent. Yeah, me too. Face-to-face groups are are coming together and re- requesting. I still think we're going to be follow six feet apart mm. and you know, wear masks and mm-hmm. but at least be in the same space which is so fabulous mm-hmm. and that that actually didn't just thought of it just right now what we're talking about can fit in this you know getting back to face to face uh we're talking about puzzles we are yeah puzzles um michelle and um one of mine and Michelle's favorite topics. We do a lot of types of puzzles, and we thought, oh, it'd be fun to talk about. We're gonna intermix some theory and how and why we do things, and some examples. Yeah. And we're gonna go for, so the question uh, we're gonna tackle is, how do you use puzzles in team building? But I think we gotta set a little context. We do, okay, so. We, we've been sitting here chatting about all different kinds of what is a puzzle and all this stuff. So we thought, okay, let's get the dictionary.com definition of what a puzzle is. So dictionary.com states that a puzzle as a noun is a toy, problem, or other contrivance designed to amuse by presenting difficulties to be solved by ingenuity or patient effort. Very official, right? And what is that? How do you take that in as a listener? Like, how do you see that as a puzzle? Right. Well, and so as we were sitting here looking at that definition and and talking about it, we're like, well, that's seriously every single team building activity that we put a group through could be described as something where we're presenting difficulties to be solved by ingenuity or being creative or patient effort that takes a little time to yeah. solve, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, we can't talk about every team building activity that we know. So we thought, let's refine the definition a little bit just for the purpose of this podcast. So the, the focus that we're going to talk about is this definition gives a little more context. Baffling problem that is said to have a correct solution. The, one of our examples, even if it's a jigsaw puzzle, in the end, you're going to have a picture of something. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of different things you can do with the pieces. There's a solution. If we do, let's say, a riddle. A riddle, you do a little, what's black and white and red all over? Mm-hmm. It, if that's a riddle, then people are asking me yes or no questions. If we turn that into a, 
an inquisitive inquiry of problem solving, then it's going to have a solution to it. Now, there's a number of solutions to that riddle, actually. <laughs> so there could be some correct, uh, more than one correct answer, but where it's not going to be this uh, big endeavor that needs a lot of physical problem solving. It's going to be a lot of these that we're going to talk about are going to be more cognitive types mm, of things mm -hmm. that we're going to work towards. Right. Right. And th there may be some exceptions if we macro size puzzles that we're going to talk about. You know, maybe there's more of a physical um, nuance to it as well, which brings in some more team building. Mm -hmm. But that's that's what we're going to our context is. A problem that is said to have a correct solution, and we're going to give some interesting examples of some things that we've used in the past, and some of our favorite puzzles. Do you want to you want to start out with, you know, how do you how do you see yourself using puzzles? When do you how about this? When do you choose to use puzzles within a group? Are there yeah. some constraints, maybe, or some things that help you focus on? choosing puzzles. Yeah, so if I'm being really intentional with my sequencing, if a group has called me to do a program, often one of the things that gets surfaced that they want to work on as a group is some creative problem solving. And so for me, that's, for me, that's, I'm like, that triggers puzzle for me. I'm like, okay, what activities do I know that will require some creative problem solving in order to come to the correct solution? And so in my mind, I immediately go to some oldies but goodies like the invisible maze, like where it's a, a tarp that has a grid on it and there is a specific um, grid or a specific path that the group has to step through in order to um, unlock the maze or, you know, something like that. That correct answer. That correct mm -hmm. answer. And yeah. there's so many great metaphors that come out of that because, you know, when you're standing on the outside of the tarp looking in and each person then has to correctly step through the stepping sequence of those you know, the grid that I use is usually like a six foot by eight foot tarp and each one of the squares, basically like a giant checkerboard, um, but it's, you know, made on a tarp. And then by trial and error, the group has to take one step on into one of the squares. And if they step in the correct square, then, um, then they, you know, don't hear a beep or something like that. If they step in an incorrect square, then they would get a, a beep, identifying that they have made an incorrect step then they would have to step off and then the next person would attempt. So it's a lot of trial and error. And then as the group progresses through the maze, each person has to successfully step through the maze pattern in order for the group to be finished. And what I like about that is that as a team, they figured out the solution, but then each person individually has to be responsible for knowing the information. And I love that metaphor so much in the debrief when it comes to relating it back to the real world is that you know, in any team, in any job, we all have our own individual responsibilities and we need to know the mission or we need to know the path that we're on and what the end goal is. And so there's so many great metaphors there. And that one too, I love because often if you're standing on the outside of that tarp or that grid, you can see the maze, you can see the path, you know exactly what it is until it's your turn to walk through it. And then all of a sudden your perspective is so different when you're the one actually making the steps. And that there is ripe in the debrief for do we take coaching from others or are, how is our perspective different when we're in the middle of a problem versus we're the one on the outside looking at the problem differently. You know, our so right. that's one that I use often 
when I'm asked for a group to do creative problem solving or something like that, because it's just, A, there's one answer. It kind of falls into our puzzle metaphor here. And I, I love it for the outcomes that it can do for the group. Yeah. And an aside, a good one staying six feet apart. Mm-hmm. That's long true. As you, you, can. Are, you can. You can make your grid with, you use those uh, plastic needlepoint mm-hmm. Uh, canvases or squares, yep. whatever they call them, if you spread those out big, uh, far enough away, then people can stay away f- uh, mm-hmm. spacing. We've, on other podcasts, we've talked about traffic jam, mm, same yep. kind of thing. And traffic jam uh, leads us to kinds of puzzles that you start uh, like a tabletop puzzle. So it's a mini mm-hmm. version of a puzzle. And then you macro size it. That's what we've done to traffic jam. Because right. that started out as, as we know from Carl, uh, Carl Ronke had mentioned, you know, he, he saw this little tabletop puzzle at a restaurant and thought, let's do this with people and then just made it a big size. So thinking about using puzzles, what kind of puzzles you, the listener, what kind of puzzles do you like and can you make them human size? Right. Um, make the pieces the people, mm-hmm. and then and then make it fun that way. That becomes a puzzle. Uh, another one of my favorite tabletop to macro size are matchstick puzzles. Mm. Would be the kind of common term, but I call them stick puzzles. And you can search on the on the web for stick puzzles and find all of the uh, tons of different ways to make either mathematical type Roman numeral puzzles or shape puzzles, but I like to use foam noodles. Mm. Take the long, super super long noodles and cut them in half and you have then large sticks right. where you can then put things down on the ground that now more people can stand around. Mm-hmm. More people, you can get different perspectives of it uh, so that there's certain types of puzzles that where you basically stand will affect how the puzzle reads to you. And if you maybe stand in a different place, it, it looks different. So by just searching stick puzzles, using noodles, using straws, using uh, chopsticks, mm-hmm. you can have all different kinds of sizes and then be able to do some cool problem solving. And my favorite thing to do with those is to, to lay out five or six puzzles and ask people to walk around. Don't share any answers. Don't touch anything. Just you know, take a perspective of the problem could work maybe with another person and kind of share ideas and then see if you can come up with a way to solve it. And then eventually after so many minutes, maybe 10 minutes, we're going to come together and we're going to gather around a puzzle and then I'll ask for people to share an answer. And that to me takes some courage to, will they be right? I don't know. Or are they willing to take a risk and be wrong? So we talk about that. There are some puzzles that you can, especially shape puzzles, that may have multiple answers. Mm. So again, it little contradicts a puzzle, but it gets into more of that creative thinking. Could there be more than one right answer? Mm -hmm. And how do we uh, accept that or perceive that? My paper says this is the answer. Right. But are there other possibilities? And when do we reject those? And when do we accept those? When can we and when can't we? So neat things to talk about with just simple types of puzzles that you can make really big. Yeah. So that noodle stick, what is that in one of your books? I know you've got, Chris has got two awesome noodle books. One is 50 ways to use your noodle and the other is 50 more ways 50 to more use your ways. noodle. Yeah, I, I think in both books, 
I believe there are some examples of stick, of stick puzzles. puzzles. Okay. Again, the super easy to find them on the web. Right. Um, and then you, there's even apps. I have an app on my phone that hmm. has stick puzzles, and I can play and, oh, and I fun. get different ideas. Uh, but su but super easy if you're using noodles for other types of team building activities. Fifty ways to use your noodle. This is another way to expand the repertoire of, of getting. I have handouts and handouts of of noodle puzzles that I like to share with people that have some different dynamics to it or something more to talk about depending on how you're solving something. It's, and that also fun. is another way that you can keep people six feet apart because most yes. pool noodles are right around six feet as well. So, mm -hmm. and they can be disinfected. So if you are still in that phase where you're looking for activities that you can do with, with physical distancing, then that sounds like one that you could do as well. And, and it's a great, stick puzzles are a great warm up before you play with the noodles. Right, exactly. Like you, you have them all laid out and mm -hmm. then you're doing something and then you say, okay, go grab a noodle of your choice and yeah. then let's come over here and we're going to do a noodle activity. Yep. So now your equipment is already set up for the next transition. Yeah, so that's that programming little piece is how do you, you know, use things over and over to minimize that transition time between activities. Another thing to think about sure. programming-wise. Yep. What else do you have kind of a puzzle that you like to okay, use? Okay, another one that is kind of on my list of, of puzzles would be the blindfolded giant jigsaw puzzle. Oh, yeah. And this one here, of course, is something that could be done macro or micro. Like if you've got a small puzzle that you want to do, kind of, I think it's kind of a spin on tangrams, really. But this particular puzzle, um, Jim Kane from Teamwork and Team Play shared this one with us, and we carry it. Um, he makes them, and we carry it in our online store for him. But what I like about Jim's about this particular puzzle is that he makes it out of material that has two textured surfaces. So on one side it's smooth, on the other side there's a little bit of a texture. So, and I believe there are nine pieces in the puzzle. So so you basically, and this is more of a smaller group, I would say more like around 10 or so people. And so you would have um, anybody that's actually handling or touching the puzzle pieces. So, and it, it is, it looks more like a big puzzle. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, it, like this piece matches this piece exactly. Um, so what an actual, like if you were putting a tabletop puzzle, but this is big puzzles. The puzzle pieces are about one foot by one foot each, so they're larger. And then if you are going to be the, the person on your team that is handling the puzzle pieces, then you will have a blindfold on. Or if you listen back to our previous podcast episode on the use of blindfolds and whether you pros and cons of using blindfolds, I personally probably would not blindfold somebody, but I would ask them to close their eyes for the duration of the activity yeah. rather than using a blindfold. But, um, but that's my personal preference. So if you are handling the pieces, you would have your eyes closed or be blindfolded. And then the rest of the group has to um, direct you to, you know, and you could have several pieces on, several people um, handling the puzzle pieces and then they would be putting the puzzle together and the rest of the team is directing. And that one there is also just another good, It's a, there's one right answer, it's a good puzzle, and then it can surface, you know, a lot of other type of behaviors that we like to talk about in the debrief around how did we give directions? Um, were we delegating appropriately? Were we communicating appropriately? Were we saying my left and versus your left and turn to the left, turn to the right, like all of the different directional. Um, so that one has a good communication piece uh, that you can debrief well with that one as right. well. Nice. And similar to that, one of my favorites is tangrams. Mm. 
Tangrams, I'm kind of fascinated with tangrams. They're very historically, I mean, they've been around for a really long time. I believe they come from a Chinese or Japanese culture. And you can look back into uh, the history of how those developed and why. Uh, but I love taking uh, the small tangram pieces and then you make a macro. Mm -hmm. it, there's, a, there's a little math involved and you got to make sure you're cutting things right. Or, but a four by four, two four by four sheets of wood, plywood, or that same wood that you were talking about that Jim uses, mm. it's a very... It's a very thin, dark brown mm -hmm. uh, material that I'm familiar with, but it has that um, two different looking sides so that you know that you're working with one side or the other, especially right. with tangrams or a puzzle most likely. And that way, I've, I've one of my favorite ways to use that at once they're a macro size is a large rope circle with the pieces inside, and then a group chooses a shape or some kind of a figure to, to create. Uh, and then when they step, someone can step in, but when they step in, they have to hold their breath. Mm. And they have to come out when they have, before they have to take a breath. So that's their amount of time that mm. they can go in. And then same kind of thing as your puzzle example, people are giving directions. Uh, I have my eyes open, but I, I could be moving things around to kind of get a visual idea or a visual perspective. Another person might see, oh, I'm going to go in and move this around there. So how do they strategize on the outside? How do they help the person on the inside? And then tangrams, there's thousands of different kinds of shapes you can create with all the yeah. tangram pieces. Super fun. And there are similar kinds of puzzles out there. There's something called the T-puzzle, mm. and that's like a tangramish kind of a thing but then uh, the basic puzzle is you could form a T out of the pieces but then there are a list or um, sheets of diagrams that you could also make other things with the T pieces. Mm. Uh, I found the T puzzle to be a little easier to make than the tangram puzzle because you only need a, a one by six piece of pine oh, okay. and then you can cut it into the shapes it needs to form the T, but it's a little easier to make and a little easier to store mm. than the bigger tangrams. Yeah. Well, uh, and the nice thing about tangrams too is that that also is a good virtual activity. You can do lots of virtual tangram puzzles to where people can be, if you're using Google Docs or something like that, they could be, um, you know, if you've got a template that you want them to use or the, the piece themselves, then you say, okay, build a house or like, you know, or you have the outline of the shape that you want them to build yeah. and then they have to move the pieces over onto the outline of the shape. Yeah, a friend of mine sent me a jam board mm. slides of, of tangram puzzles. Yep. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, we're gonna keep going, but um, you for you, the listener, uh, Michelle and I are gonna end, we're gonna call this the end of part one. Mm, okay. And then next episode, mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna start off with um, part two, because we want to keep going. We have a bunch of other examples. So we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. 
You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris about team building.